Welcome to episode one of season three of Matire Gemi, a bi-weekly podcast where we help you learn the Agekoyo culture, history, and heritage in a fun, light-hearted way. I'm Jeriwa Diho, Mojiro wa Barea Kehara. And today, as usual, I'm joined by Wayaki Wageshaga and Kingori Wakanyi. Now, today's episode is one that will blow your mind. And this episode will be focusing on one of our great heroes who's called Muro Wakefiro. And let me tell you this when you find out about this hero, your mind will be blown by how he predicted where we are today with shocking accuracy and precision. So without further ado, I won't tease this out anymore. Lean in and let's jump in. It has been a great long one year, but can I tell you, I have been waiting with pins and needles and excitement about this season, because in this season, we are going to expose a lot of what was never taught in our history books about who we are. So before I even go in further, because you can tell I'm so excited, Wayaki. Yes. What are we talking about in this episode? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Mogo Wa Kefiro. And uh, for those who don't know Mogo Wa Kefiro, uh, more on that later. <laughs> and let me tell you, you want to hear about him, right? So King Ori... Uh, actually, before we do that, let's do some quick introductions, right? So, Wayaki, why don't you tell us, do your quick introduction. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, my name is Wayaki Wageshaga, de Moshera wa Barea Moturi. Hamari Kamawadani de wa Mwagi. And I'm so happy and glad to be back uh, recording. <laughs> Me too. Yes. So exciting. All right, Kengori, who are you? Introduce yourself. Uh, yes, Oyone Kengori wa Kanyi. Oboyu wa Barea Marigo. The Muduriwa Kiama, Rutete Borisio, the Shia Kiama, Mudurio Horetia. It is a pleasure to be here and to be talking about these really amazing people in this season, starting with Mogoa Keviro. But before we get into Mogoa Keviro, I want to kind of take us back to the, we say in Kikuyu Baraginyo, the beginning. The beginning. Because we had um, an interesting uh, visitor who visited our forefather, Gekoyo, himself. And it was actually a bird that was sent by Ngai. Now, this bird, it is said, entered his house, his digira, and sat on the chair like a person. It was a big bird. Hmm. And it started to speak. And it said, I've been sent by Ngai to tell you about how your descendants will be like in days to come. Ah. So Gekoyo listened. And he told him, well, Gekoyo, you are the son of the soil. Uh, you are the age group of the origin. Uh, your immediate descendants will be called Karirao. So he decided to listen. He was like, okay. Uh, he was told that they will beget many, many, many descendants. Mm. And the different uh, um, generations that would come. The Ago, Tene, Tiro, Madadi, Demi, Iregi, Maina, Irogo. Maduti. And then when he got there, when the bird got to that point, uh-huh. where he was saying, well, you know, Irongo would get beget Maduti, Maduti would beget, and it started stalling. The bird started stalling. Uh-huh. And Gekwe was alarmed. Uh-huh. And Gekwe said, 
why have you stopped? Uh-huh. And Gekoyo was surprised and full of apprehension. And, you know, he couldn't understand. Why Why not speaking? Please speak. And the bird answered um, that, you know, there would be a great, great, great confusion that would come at that point. And that Gekoyo's descendants will be mixed up with other, nas- other nations of misfortune. That's what the bird called them. People who do not practice the same uh, customs. Wow. And there will be an, ine- in, an inevitable intermingling of nations. And there will be great unintelligible confusion among his children. And the bird said that only Guy will resolve that confusion. Wow. He told them that his descendants will have to pray very, very hard to Guy and believe steadfastly this message. Guy will in his own good time unravel this confusion. After the bird left, Yekoyo was left in deep thought about the bird's visit. So he decided that the visit of the bird must really never be forgotten amongst his people. Uh And from then on, elders established uh, a custom that a man every morning Uh would be visited first thing by a child either their own child, a boy or a girl, uh, in his dingira, or even a grandchild. Um, and this was what they commem- he you know, would be commemorated by the bird's visit and prophecy and would be called Nyoni Yamonyaka, the bird of good luck. And this is something that has continued to happen uh, as later as I, I remember talking to my wife's grandmother who confirmed that even her own son would be what his grand, her grand, her father used to call his nyonia yeah. and would wow. have to see him every morning. Like the first thing this man wanted to see every morning was her son. Yeah. And this is something that has happened. And actually, even in Gekoyo, if you say nyonia um, it's you're talking about your child, your children, boy and girl. When you mm-hmm. have, if you have wow. a pair, yeah, of a boy and a girl, then you call yourself a lucky person uh-huh. who has Nyonia Munyaka. Wow. Yeah. So, if this is how this season is going to go, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great because I am so riveted, right? And to even recognize that there will be these tie-ins and themes that go back all the way to Yekoyu and that what has happened in our history and our culture to today was even predicted, mm-hmm. right, before mm-hmm. it even happened, is powerful. So talking about predictions, I think it's time we talk about Mogo wa Kiviro. Let's jump in. All right, so today we're talking about Mogo wa Kiviro. Uh, I think this is someone that just about all Mogo, all like Ekoyo should have heard about by now. Uh, he is a man who was a seer, a prophet, um, he, he told us a lot about what was going to be happening in the 19th century. So Ooh. happy to, you know, d- dive right into it. Okay, that's good. But I think I want to take us back, right? Mm-hmm. What is a mogo, right? So let's start there. Ah, yeah. So, you, you, you know, this, uh, that's a great question because this is Matiri Egemi. And one of the Egemis, usually the first one to be mentioned is Ogo. Uh-huh. And we always say Ogo ne is Oge. It uh, comes from the uh, root word Oge, which is uh, your individual talent. Mm. So when we say Ogo, we're really talking about different talents. Um, and one of those is 
you know, the ability to be a seer, mm. for example. Mm. Uh, and this is actually uh, a very specific uh, ogo because it's also mentioned again in the five gemis, which is oradhi, mm -hmm. your ability to have self-determination, right? And uh, not, not, not just self-determination, but actually uh, foresight and vision. Mm -hmm. And Mogo Akediro embodies those two very well. So, yeah, I knew I love this. And before we go back to him, because I'm so excited to hear about him, I want to ask Ke uh, Wayaki this question, right? When we think about seers and this spirituality, mm -hmm. is this something that we as Africans should be afraid of, should shame the fact that we had seers? Uh, no, it's, it's not because um, it's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. It's part of um, our family talents and gifts. And so, actually, the, the, the word for talent in uh, Kikuyu is uh, mashumo, or ishumo for individual, mashumo is many. Uh, we, have, we have those talents today. Uh, they've existed for thousands of years, not just in our culture, but in all over the, the world. Different um, societies or communities have... Uh, there are individuals that are able to be, um, they're able to, to tell, they have a higher uh, consciousness or they have a wisdom that they're able to guide people and tell people uh, what's going to come. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, it's not unique to Africans. It's all over the world. Different communities uh, have those uh it's not just clairvoyance or being able to tell the future. It's being able to be perceptive, being able to use your intuition, being able to uh, perceive or see things that uh, are not just in the physical realm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And, um, you know, I do believe, and I think we all believe that when you can connect to those unique gifts, like, Mo, uh, like he did, then you can actually have transformative impact in this world. So let's go back to you, Kingori. Tell us about... Mugo. Wakeviro. Yeah, so Mugo Wakeviro is um, a man who lived in throughout the, a good part of the 19th century. So we think he must have been born around the 1830s or so. Um, and uh, the first time he burst into the scene, um, he's a young boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a young boy who's uh, found by a trapper. And this trapper um, fi finds this young boy and asks him, hey, young, you know, boy, who are you with? What are you doing? Are you, are you lost, right? Finds this boy just sitting under a tree. Mm. And um, Shege, which was actually his name, uh, says, I am with Ngai. Mm. And, you know, that's a very curious response. So, you know, the trapper, you know, looks into it a little bit more and realizes, no, this boy is really, you know, there's no one looking out for him and, uh, you know, invites him to come with him back home, mm -hmm. which he obliges, mm -hmm. and they do. So um, it turns out that the trapper, who some people call Keviro, mm -hmm. and others uh, will say he was called actually Karaja, mm -hmm. um, you know, becomes his father. And, you know, we've talked about the process of which was like the second birth in Nagekoyo culture. So he actually goes through that process and is born into Karaja's 
uh, clan, Ajiro, who just happen to be the ones who this things like clairvoyance and other gifts are really manifested. So, <laughs> oh, right. So, so you know, yeah, Jerry, you're happy you're about Jiro, that. You're very happy. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so here is he's your clan member, right? So, so Shege uh, becomes part of that community, and these are people who are living in uh, Moranga. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they were living in what area were they living in? Do so we, we don't have a sense of where he was from. He was we, just found. He was just found. He was just found. Okay. Yeah, we yes. don't really know where he came from okay. as, as a young boy. No. Okay, okay. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, and that's how it happens. And so after that, he becomes uh, part of the community and magic starts to happen around him. Yeah, ooh, what kind of magic? So, you know, he, would, he was known to, uh, as a very young boy when they were looking after cattle and, and goats, he was known to disappear. Mm. the other boys would say we don't know what happened to him he disappeared for hours mm. and they had to wait for him and when he came back he always used to say the same thing he had gone to be with Ngai wow. and then he would start saying things that just didn't make sense he would if he were if he warned you of something uh, and say hey don't do that and you still persisted there was like immediate consequences this is what he was known for in this community and so even as a young man a young boy they started paying attention to his gift. They noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he became something of a, you know, the community CI and he would always uh, come up with these kinds of things. And yeah, that, wow. that's, that's what sets up his upcoming. That's beautiful. So he just, this gift was within him. It yes. was in him. It was not something that was curated. It was no, within no. him. Yeah. I love that. So then, he's, so then what is he known for? Why are we talking about him today? Well, so... We know him, we, we talk about him today and we revere him because um, as he stepped into being, um, uh, in his elderly days, as he stepped into uh, that space, he started to foresee things that would shape the, the history of Kenya today. Mm. And one of those things, um, there were about 21 different things that we can readily uh, research and come up with, but he, he said to have foretold so many things but the 21 that we talk about today um, mainly had to do with what would transpire in the 20th century. And so these are things that happened bef- you know, before his, st- I mean, after his time. Yeah. So he, he saw really deep into the future. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I think we should talk about some of those things, right? What do you think, Wayaki? We should. We should. And, and I'll also add something about Mogawake, if you know, because uh, like Kingori is saying, the, there's, there are books that have talked about his prophecies, but there are some some individuals or some schools of thought that say that there were several Mogos going back hundreds of years, and they even foretold the coming of the Portuguese, which was in the 14th century. Wow! Mm-hmm. So uh, this this particular Mogowake video we are talking about is one of the most recent ones, uh, but it's. In our storytelling and in the stories that have been told, uh, s- some of his prophecies, basically it's like there were several. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mogo really is somebody who has Ogo, right? And so this particular one, Shagewake Firo, there could have been another Mogo before in the 15th century, 14th century, because uh, I've actually heard uh, someone say that the... 
the Portuguese who came in the 14th century had been foretold before. Wow. Yeah. In in our in our um, psyche. Yeah, I actually think that even today, right, we have those gifts. I believe that we have seers, and some of them may not be aware of it because we've got this thing where we dampen our innate gifts, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We we stuff them down because we start to question whether they're of God or certain things. So mm-hmm. I think that we even have them today. I mean, do you guys agree before we go back to, you know, Mogoa Kefiro and exactly what he prophesied? I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly, you, you nailed it. These are not gifts that started and ended with Mogoa Kefiro. In fact, we know of another gentleman called Wawero Wagadegi, mm-hmm. who actually lived in Kihara, Yohud. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <in, laughs> and, and that was around uh, the end of the uh, 19th century. 1895 is when he had a similar, he kind of echoed some of the same messages that Chege was, but with a few more flares. But uh, also, we even outside of Ogekoyo, uh, we, we are aware of uh, two Kisi. Uh, seers. One was called Sakawa, mm-hmm. who actually uh, said to have been born around the 1840s, so he was a contemporary Kabisa of Mogo, our Shegawa Keviro, who also warned Abagusi warriors that they would be um, disarmed by a new foe that was white. And mm-hmm. also Morawa Ngete, who was the other Kisi, uh, who was even uh, slightly after um, uh, Sakawa who was a female warrior and a seer who also foretold similar things. Wow. Olambatia was, was a Maasai seer who is said to have uh, also foretold similar things, including um, collaborated a lot of what uh, Mogo was saying uh, as far as impact to the Maasai community, which is something that Mogo also talks about in his 20 or so or more. Um, so, so I have a question about that. So is... Olembatia, the uh, is Batian the peak named after him? No, so Batian is different. So okay. Batian would be the Orokoyot and father of uh, Lanana and Sendeo, who oh, are the two okay. Maasai chiefs uh, who would okay. come right after. I mean, but I think these are actually all these are also Batian. Batian was, okay. was also a contemporary of Mogoa Keviru. Okay. They existed around the same time. Okay. Wow. You know, I have to um, say this before we go into the prophecies because I can't wait, right? Is as we are talking, I'm feeling this sense of pride and awe, right, about my ancestors, right? And our African ancestors. And the question I keep asking myself is why? were we not aware of all our power? Why were we not aware of all this history? And I know there are good reasons there, right? But I just wanted to sit, let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Just the awareness that we are beyond what's in the history books. We are bigger and it takes time to research and to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I really want to say a big thank you to you, Waiyaki and Kemori, you know, for what you do to bring our truth, you know, to us. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about these prophecies, the prophecies that you've been holding. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, you know, for purposes of uh, our podcast, we have, I've kind of broken them down into four types of prophecies. And uh, the first ones were, uh, you know, he talked about an invasion from the East. And the, you know, so he talked about the coming of the white man. And he called them... Uh, Ihuruta, butterflies, and Shiegere. Shiegere, Shiegere is a type of a toad uh-huh. <clears throat> that has white skin. Uh, and so, you know, he talked about 
she, butterflies because of the kind of clothing that they would wear would be multicolored. And so he said these people were coming. And he talked about, you know, so the, the first set of um, prophecies is, you know, them, what they looked like, what they'd be carrying, these sticks that, spat, that were spitting fire, um, and how they would fill the whole land, how they will build this iron snake, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, came from, uh, you know, which is uh, Mombasa or, you know, the Indian Ocean yeah, all the way to, um, to Lake Victoria. He had foreseen the coming of an iron great snake that could not be cut or struck with machete. Uh, and then on top of that... And this snake is what? The railroad. Of the course, train. that's a railway. Yes. And on top of that um, that railway, he did for... He, to, he talked about this kind of a, a bush or tree stump he could he could see mm-hmm. um, that was billowing smoke and would carry and, you know, would swallow and spit out this shagere. You know, so, you know, he was seeing... He could see this was going to happen. And so, so obviously, <laughs> that's the locomotive that's on top of the, the railway. Wow, so the stops. He was seeing the stops, and that's why yeah. he would spit out the white Ex- toes. Exactly. Right? And, 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 uh, and swallow, swallow others, yeah. who, right. people who yeah. are boarding the train. Yeah. Wow. So it was great detail in what he was, he was able to see. Um, and then the, the next one... And, are, and let me ask you this. So this was in the 18... He was prophesying this before early 18... This, this is... 18, 80s, 1890s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. So it is even before the idea of a train even entered. This Kenya, is this right. is before the Berlin Conference where Wazungu <laughs> were talking about split, splitting up Africa. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the, con- the issues of co- you know no colonial powers had been seen right. in the in the land. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so that's you know first set is, is talking about these white folks that are coming, and then. Um, he talks about how, you know, there'll be a big famine and pestilence that would follow uh, around the same time the snake was coming in. Um, he talks about, uh, you know, how the Shegera will cause painful upheaval and kind of, um, you know, th- they would bring in rebellious attitudes. People will walk away from their tribal ways. Um, he talks about... In, oh, yes. sorry, I've got a pause on that one. All right. <laughs> Bring it right <laughs> that he would he prophesied that we would walk away from our ways. Yes, right. And at that time, you know, when you are in something, you're in your culture. There's no way you can envision that you would not be that something. Right. Like, and he called, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. That's part of why we are here. Yep. Right. We walked away from a lot of our traditions. What were you gonna say, Wayaki? Yeah, I was gonna add to that. He, I, I maybe Kingari will say this, but he also prophesied that. The, the children who will be born wouldn't be listening to mm-hmm. their parents. Mm-hmm. They'll be born with, uh, the, he's, he said, uh, boogimato, yes. which is, boogie is that, um, the, the bell, the, the, the little... Like cowbells or little... The little thing mm-hmm. in the bell that uh-huh. makes a sound. Uh-huh. So the, the, they'll have that thing in, in their ears. And so when their parents are talking, they won't oh. be listening. Are you talking about like the little... Apple heads yeah. <laughs> we, we have inside our ears. Actually, he no. saw, he foresaw. He foresaw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't be listening to their parents. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So he, he did see that. I mean, I think in this case, who knows if he saw it literally, like exactly right. the bell, right? right? The little things that we're putting in our ears today. 
but clearly our, our children are not listening to us you know when, <laughs> especially when, when you meet like kwayaki <laughs> <laughs> you know what i almost had a call right, right. <laughs> calling to his parents to talk right. about how difficult he is <laughs> difficult <laughs> child right <laughs> and this and these are the second these are the second set the second set of um prophecies wow. were the impact okay. on our people uh he talks about children who did not um have ears they only had holes you know and i think that's probably uh a metaphor mm-hmm. um he talked about um they will have no fear chill these children of committing megiro abominable acts wow. they they just didn't have it in them to even recognize that something was a mogiro or a dahu you know um adultery and promiscuity he talks about that he said that they would be the order of the day would fill the land he talked about petty theft and and crime would be all over the land and he also he also talked about cooked food what do you mean being sold on the roadsides <laughs> and all markets and everywhere like he said in all sides of the road people will be selling cooked food which was unthinkable right in the ancient ikoyo culture because our thinking was that you know you eat at someone's home mm-hmm. right sell. yeah you don't sell. i mean we were even food. generous we had what were those granaries yes wow and now we've got supermarkets everywhere now everything is being sold cooked cooked even yeah, yeah. yeah. so you could see your local fish and chips he <laughs> <laughs> was visualizing kenchik kenchik yes. kenchik <laughs> wow yeah so, i mean i know we joke but the accuracy of this is a little bit mind blowing mm-hmm. it is yeah Now, spe- speaking about petty theft, uh, you guys have been seeing what's happening with all these muggings in Kenya. Yeah. I mean, he definitely saw that. Mm. That's petty theft. People stealing your laptop, your phone, yeah. snatching your phone from a matatu. Mm-hmm. And in our culture, theft was just something that generally didn't happen? Or what? I think, I, know, I think you can't say it didn't happen, but, right. you know, he didn't, you know, the, the levels. I see. Mm-hmm. They speak of a people who've walked away from a particular creed, you know, they have nothing guiding them. Yes. And that's what we see today. No compass. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, yeah. And so, you know, and then and then the, the next set of um, you know, prophecies that he made kind of have to do with the impact to the land, the impact to the community where he talks about uh that Lake Naivasha will be cultivated with sugarcane and bananas by the Agekoyo. and which was something that we couldn't foresee at that time because that was Maasai country 100% and there's no way you were going to be out there cultivating bananas and sugarcane wow he talks about the plains that, that the Okavi cover the Maasai Okavi uh, which is now primarily the like Kipia areas going to Nakuru those areas where they, were, they had they had completely over, they said yeah they will be they will be filled with uh, millet and you know, Koyo will be the ones out there uh, cultivating it he also talked about um reforestation so afforestation wow. uh, he had predicted a particular forest called um you know in Bofage Bage forest and he said it will join in with the Thika Kireti forest um so that's an afforestation impact that had to do with people being chased out of those areas mm-hmm. and then the forest kind of healing back and people could not foresee that at that time because this was a grassland it was grazing areas people were cutting down trees to make more um to have more cultivation um but again that those those things actually came to pass mm-hmm. and that um 
and those are yeah that, that's it for the that set of prophecies around the impact to the community um let me add one more yes. you did say uh that there would be houses built on top of houses indeed ah. yes yes that's and, right and and so for the mogekoyo because yeah. uh, we built our nyobas and vigiras uh, as one story one circle mm-hmm. yeah in a circle Sakula. they couldn't envision how you know because there's you know the cosmology of the house has the moshove which is the pointing the stick that points up mm-hmm. uh, which indicates like the leadership of the the home the the man would be like like what, what do you mean where am i going to put my moshove mo- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> could not visualize that we have 10 20 30 story mm-hmm. buildings today but he predicted that mm-hmm. yeah 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 so so and i think you in that particular prophecy the one he was saying something about boulders being pulled from the river and kind of being used to create these big Yes, uh, these big houses. Yes. So he had foreseen these tall buildings that we are occupying yeah, today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the the last set of prophecies, are, I think, are the ones that uh, kind of speak to political um, issues. Um, and he talks about a great fig tree. Um, which was in an area called... Um, in, in I think in an area called I think it's Wangatoma, if I'm not wrong, and he he talked about it falling, mm. and that that would herald the 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 beginning of the end for the colonial system, the beginning of the end of this the power of these Shiagere. So he even foresaw the end of colonialism. He he did, and actually in 1948 is the first time that the colonial government at that time became aware or at least started to act on some of these prophecies because they felt they believed it more than probably we did. You know, sometimes we think that they're not paying attention, but they believed this so much that they ring-fenced that particular tree with steel. What? And and concrete. (laughs) In 1948, concrete and steel, so that this tree may never fall. Do we have a picture of that tree? It's there. It's there. There's actually a video on YouTube. Yeah. Ah, can you please send it to me? I will, yeah. yeah. Wow. Sure. And, and sure to the prophecy, the first branch fell in 1952, which soon after led to, that's when we had the emergency. Mm-hmm. And wow. Yes, yes. And then the second major part of the tree fell in 1961. And finally, just like a movie script, December 1963, the last part of the tree fell. Just like that. This is my blowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Despite all efforts to for them to shore up the tree and make sure that it doesn't fall, it fell. Yeah. And actually, Mogumos ha- hardly ever fall. You right. know, we see stories of them being cut or... But Mogumos are so strong. Like, they, they, they last for hundreds of years. So for him to say that, that it's going to fall, uh, is... And, and it follow how uh, King Ori has described is actually mind-blowing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, I have to tell you, this has been a very riveting story. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm all in. Like, this is, like, amazing, right? Yeah. So I think a part of me has to ask this question. So is there more to the prophecy? There, there are two more prophecies. Okay, okay. Um, so one, he talks about this great snake, this railway, that it would lean 
on Ngong Hills hmm. one day. Basically, it was saying that it will move from its original course and will come and lean on the Ngong Hills. And that will, be, that will mark an important time when it will take the butterflies and deposit them into the ocean. And the country will regain its glory. And so when you look at that particular prophecy, I think it's, it's very interesting because it just happened. This is a, the, one of the, the prophecies that just happened just like in the last five years with, mm-hmm. the, with the new SGR railway because it now goes through Ngong Hills. <laughs> what? It does. No, I mean like what? Right. right. Yeah. So that is interesting because it's telling us that we are still living in the prophecy. So we are living in the, so in connect the dots for me because I'm so I'm so you know so the SGR and how it's going through Ngong Hills. Mm-hmm. What was he saying? So he's, it means that we're still living in the Western world in the colonial era, in a sense. Pretty much, you know, he's saying that the that their power is still supreme. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not yet Uhuru, because um, wow. And and actually, even the last prophecy goes into the same kind of. Uh, it's questionable because the last one he's saying that un- until a great Vigira, mm. which he called Vigira Wairegi, it's a kind of a term for a ruling council's, uh, you know, hut, I guess. Until it shall be built at an area called Gedogorikia Wairera and inaugurated with the necessary ceremonies and purification rites, until that happens, the country will not be free of the ills brought by the Shiagere. Mm. Uh, and neither will they benefit from the good that the Shiagere bought, brought with them. Because he does recognize that. In fact, he did say that, you know, the Shiagere will not, will not be people that, that our warriors will be able to defeat. They will be powerful. But if we learn from them, we'll be able to use their power against them. Mm-hmm. So that was something that he specifically shared with the chiefs around the time, not the chiefs, but Adamaki, that were... Um, what, that were his contemporaries about the strategies on how to defeat these people. Uh, but this last one is kind of controversial in, in Agekoyo's, in, in Ogekoyo, because some people believe that that the Gira was built. Mm. What do they be- believe it is? Which one? They, they believe it's a school, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a college. It's right? a college, yeah. yeah. Because the college was kind in of Gidongori. built in Gidongori with a lot of collaboration. It was a teacher's college. Mm-hmm which was built collaboratively by like independent church, the, some traditionalists, a lot of people who thought, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's come together and put this college together. Um, some people thought, oh, well, that, there you go. And because it happened right around the, the, the advent of Oklahoma for independence, mm. people believe that that could have been it. But, I mean, I for sure, I, I for one, I'm still... Yeah. I'm still not sold. Yeah, I'm on I'm the fence on that one too. Yeah. yeah, part of me is on the fence too because the SGR one just happened, yes. right? The Gone Hills, right. Mm-hmm. right? And I think we're still living the the pains of colonialism. I think we all know that, yes. right? Mm-hmm. In our yes. country. We've yes. not shared that from ourselves yet. We haven't, yeah. Right? Right. Especially, uh, you know, colonialism doesn't necessarily mean uh, you're colonized physically. It could be Ment- it could also mean you're colonized mentally. Yeah. 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 And, and then also, uh, to King Ori's point on these prophecies, they 
uh, when a, a prophet, even in the Bible, when a prophet is is speaking what's going to happen in the future, um, they um, it's subject to because most of the time they'll speak in poetic language, mm-hmm. you know, or language that is not uh, direct, like the one we we're looking at yesterday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's subject to a lot of misinterpretation. Um, it's usually only after the fact that we put two and two together and say, hey, uh, this this is really what it, it seems to have meant what, when that person said what they said. And actually, we'll look into some more prophecies of other prophets in uh, episodes coming. So you, you'll see exactly what I mean. Wow, I can't wait, right? So Kengori, anything, any final thoughts on this before we... I think I want us to talk about... What do we take from this, right? Yeah. Like, what's the implication today? But uh, uh, let us know if there's more about this great man that we need to know. Basically, he says that when these things come to pass mm. and there's kind of a reformation of our community, then the glory of the nation will return to its full power and it shall reach all corners of the world. Those are kind of like, I think, the parting words that he gives us hope that after all of this, we actually will become an influential people globally. Wow. Yeah. Now I think I know you a little bit more just from that statement, King Ori, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know a little bit about your yeah. passion and your mission in this world. So I love it. All right. So, uh, Wayaki, let me ask you this. So this story is powerful, mm-hmm. right? And clearly, right, Mohuaki Viro had, had foreseen what we are, we were going to go through and are still going through. So let me ask you, when we bring this to today, what can we take from this? Uh, I think there are several things that we can take from Movo's prophecies. One is that within our own communities, we have our own prophets. We have our own uh, seers that are able to uh, foretell. People who have uh, raised consciousness or they are able to have a higher wisdom than uh, normal people, right? So uh, we have to be able to take some of the things people say very seriously, especially if they have foretold things uh, in the past that came to pass. You know, I think I've told you the story of how um, my my own mother, she anything she dreams comes to pass. Yeah. You know, so actually we, we had that type of, prophet called Aroti, people who would dream, dream like dream uh, seers where they they see something in their dream that will happen physically in the future. So we have to take those gifts seriously in and, and cultivate them in our own children, uh, in our own families, and uh, take our own talents of not just... Um, not just physical talents like playing soccer or football or such, the other spiritual talents that we have that we should develop in our own communities. I love it. Thank you so much uh, for sharing this, King Ori. This was a riveting story. I think this made me proud, even more proud of who I am. And I think it is a great reminder, like Wayaki said, of how beautiful and powerful and poignant our culture is and how important it is to connect with our true gifts, right? Because we all have gifts that we've, we've seen were poured into us. No need to continue to 
tough them down, but when we connect with them, our power comes through. So with that, I want to say thank you. Kengori, this was informative. It was like a movie, and it <laughs> let us feel uh, left let, left us feeling proud. And Wayaki, thank you for all the insights you brought. So I think I want to ask this question: What are we going to cover next? Who is the next hero in the pre-colonial era that we are going to talk about? So uh, I'll, I'll answer that because um, it's very interesting. It's uh, Wagowama Keri. Which is a very uh, interesting topic. Ah, I <laughs> interesting can't individual. wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And we shall see you on the next episode.